listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Fusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. Well, there's a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to talk everything from foreign policy to the debt ceiling, and uh, we've got great people joining us to do so. We'll get into all of that, but we start with Sean Spicer right now on Kevin McCullough Radio. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog is coming out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He's playing the role. As well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Okay, they were able to wrap it up by 6 o'clock last night, which is pretty unusual for the uh, Congress in recent years. I mean, Nancy Pelosi used to love those late-night votes and the cover of darkness, and nobody knew what was going on. But uh, Speaker McCarthy yesterday getting done the debt ceiling deal uh, in the uh, in the U.S. Congress, a 217 to 215 win, very, very close shave. A few Republicans came off. But uh, my next guest says it's a big fiscal win for, the White, uh, for, uh, for Speaker McCarthy in the House. And he's saying uh, it's uh, a huge win uh, for the speaker specifically. Sean Spicer rejoins us on Twitter at Sean Spicer. Uh, Sean, uh, it's nice to see. I mean, I think that that the speaker's tenure thus far has actually been quite successful. He's certainly gotten a lot of things off the ground that he campaigned on. But this is his first big legislative win. How big is it? It's huge. It's huge for a number of reasons. Number one, politically, let's just get that out of the bag because that's where I think you're starting. The idea that that getting a bunch of people who've never voted for a debt ceiling increase, getting the team to operate as as a cohesive unit was a big deal, and that can't get understated because everybody said you know that his days were numbered from the from the jump. Uh, so this was a huge milestone for him, and uh, and I don't think it can be underscored what what it took to do this it, it really and it was on a big issue that unifies republicans getting the debt under control cutting governments the size of government government spending so i think that and i i don't know if you and i can't remember if you and i talked about this but the, the when people were worried about mccarthy becoming speaker i said listen he has he is going to be a, a good speaker because he has to be there is not any room for error here he's only got four members that he can lose on any given vote therefore he he has to. I mean, he, it's almost like he's he's you know he's got to walk the line, uh, regardless. Like what you you know. So and he proved it again that he can be effective. He can get things done, and he did it for the right on, on a fantastic issue. And uh, I'm excited uh, about what this means for finally controlling government spending. Yeah, I was speaking with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis from Staten Island earlier this morning when I filled in for uh, Joe Piscopo's morning show and. Uh, she said that the the safeguards in here, in terms of the spending reductions, we haven't seen the likes of uh, from Republicans or Democrats in quite a while. And she's very, very positive. We haven't seen anything. <laughs> Let's be yeah. blunt. This is this is. I mean, it's the idea that we're actually tackling this issue um, in any credible, substantive way is huge. So I agree with her, but but for even a more rudimentary reason. Well, and here's here's the uh, here's the kind of catch twenty two. There's other there's other legislation that they that they have coming on the heels of this that we're going to like even more. So there's a number of bills in the pipeline that are going to address uh, other tactics of of and avenues of spending that are going to be even more aggressive. If we can get a, a whole slate of those passed, at least in the House then they can go to the American people uh, in 24 and say, we, we, we need a Senate because all of this stuff goes over there and dies. You've got to give us people that we can work with. But let me ask about the, the, the debt ceiling issue specifically. It's now on Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden to make sure that we don't default because the House has done their part. What do you think likely happens here? Not, not what you want to see happen. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. I think what happens is, is that Biden has to blink. At the end of the day, he's the president. The House has passed something. So you can't say the House isn't acting. The House is taking a stance that I think 80 percent of Americans agree with, which is that we've spent too much. Um, yeah, the, the Democrats keep saying and everybody says this, that it's always about this is about money we've already spent. Yes, got it. But you would be foolish. You know, if you go to pay off your credit card 
if somebody helps you do it, they're not just going to say, okay, I'll give you the money to pay off the credit card and not insist that you don't rack up a bunch of debt again. And so the conversation that Republicans are having is one that, that every normal Republican, I mean, American out there who's, you know, working hard gets and agrees with. Um, and it makes sense. So I think the White House is going to have to come. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, the, the Republicans might get 60, 65 percent of what they want. Uh, and that's great. Fine. I mean, look, they, we control one third of, of everything right now. So I think anything that gets us going in the right direction is a great step. I think that, that there were some bold moves yesterday. And um, my guess, to your point, not what I want, what I think, I think they get 60 percent. Yesterday, the uh, president uh, had a uh, press conference uh, with the uh, premier of or the president of South Korea. And quite a few, quite a few people uh, captured uh, photographs of him having some very interesting uh, cards in his hand that appear to have the name, face, and uh, publication of the press outlet that they are doing, but there appeared to be something else on those cards as well. What, what's the significance of this? Yeah, for the first time that I think anybody's ever, I, the, the, the question was there. From the L.A. Times, this reporter from the L.A. Times apparently gave the press office her question, which they wrote out for him, and then obviously had written the answer for him. This is unprecedented. I mean, this is state television at, at, at its worst. The idea that a reporter is giving you the question ahead of time, making it look like uh, it's unscripted. I don't know if that was an assistant at the White House, but it, we, there's more. The, the, there, that was sort of the crime. Here's the cover up. Why isn't why aren't other reporters asking how this happens? Because the point is, it's bad enough that it happened. But if the White House had insisted on having that question, then that's on them. And every reporter should know that they got boxed out because of that. So there's more to I me. Mean, th this isn't just a, there. There's a lot of additional questions. And the problem is, is that the, the White House press corps doesn't want to ask the questions because they know they might not like the answers. And it would ruin the, the sort of the little joke that they have going on right now, which is that they're scribes uh, of the of the president in this press office. Right. Well, it would change access. Right. So they may they may have a worse seat in the press room or they may not get their question, uh, you know, acknowledged. Yeah, well, that's, the next it's, time. Uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And they know that. And that's that's why, as I said, I mean, this is a joke, uh, all, but it is I mean, payback. for all of these guys uh, in the press corps who talk about the First Amendment and all this other uh, stuff, th this is this shows their true colors. If you are not outraged right now um, and and aren't willing to say that, then that tells you everything that you need to know about who these guys really are. Uh, the GOP announced this last week, the first two debates, and President Trump came awfully close to saying publicly that he doesn't think he wants to participate in either one of them. You were on the campaign trail. You also worked with uh, the RNC. You've seen this uh, kind of ball of wax uh, from every different angle that it can be examined from. Uh, what would you be advising him to do if you were on his team right now? Well, it's interesting. I, so... The, the president said I sent this tweet out the other day noting that the Reagan Library is going to host the second debate. The, Ra the chair of the Reagan Library is also the chairman uh, and publisher of The Washington Post. Uh, and then the president uh, truth that out. But here's the other thing. And I just put this out exclusively to Breitbart in the last 24 hours. So you can either go to my Twitter feed or uh, or go to Breitbart.com and look for it. It says exclusive Sean Spicer. Th these, this is a joke, what's happening. The idea that we had such a successful um, debate structure in the 2016 cycle where we made media organizations partner for the first time ever with conservative organizations, we really changed the debate structure for the political parties for the first time in history for either party. The, right now, they shouldn't be walking this backwards. They should be insisting that only conservative outlets ask these questions. And I think the president is right. The president should be insisting that, that these not go off to NBC News or ABC News or the New York Times or Washington Post, but they should be held like with Breitbart or Salem or uh, you know conservative outlets with conservative moderators focused on issues that voters care about. Sean Spicer, uh, find all things Sean Spicer at Sean Spicer on Twitter, and uh, we appreciate you being with us. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Big show straight ahead. Stay here. Listen to Global Spiritual Revolution Radio with Bishop Larry Gators. Bishop Gators is 100% pro-Christ, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-U.S., and pro-President Donald Trump. Tune in Monday nights at 930 on AM 570 WMCA. Don't miss it.
Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. The greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door. We're Dr. Josh and Christy Straub, marriage and leadership coaches and hosts of the Famous at Home podcast. With a realistic, grace-filled look at the struggles families face today, we cover topics designed to help you become a rock star under your roof, set healthy rhythms between work and home, and build a rock-solid marriage. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Famous at Home on your favorite podcast platform. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. Listen to The Mission WMCA anywhere you go with the AM570 The Mission mobile app. Download on Google Play, iTunes, or listen to TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. All right, Kevin McCullough, every single week, I promise you, if you send us real questions, we'll get Mike Connors to give you a real answer. And Mike, this week's question comes from Stacy in Queens. She said, my sister is doing a will and wants me to be her executor. What's involved in this if she dies? Mike Connors. Well, I mean, she will die, but the question is, I guess, who dies first? But uh, executor is a very important position, and Stacy should feel honored that her sister asked her to do that. Basically, the job of the executor is to carry out the terms of the will, which means collect her assets that are in her name alone when she dies, has to probably get a lawyer to go to court to get the will probated, has to notify all the next of kin, give them a copy of the will. Of course, a lot of it can be delegated again to the lawyer, and then carry out the terms of the will and see whatever is said in the will that she takes the responsibility to carry it out. Um, it, it's a responsible job, but it's uh, I think it's an honorary, um, you know, she should be honored to be chosen for that position. But it, it's a job, and hopefully she'll take it. Yeah. Well, uh, friends, it, maybe you don't know what an executor is when like more information. Maybe you just need help uh, setting up your will and making sure that you've got the right things covered. Uh, Connors & Sullivan, the premier law firm to get that done with, and I really wish you would call them, 718-238-6500. Uh, ask them your questions when you get your uh, free consultation, or uh, send your questions to Mike, and he'll answer them on his broadcasts uh, on uh, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, Sunday mornings at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. And the email address you send those questions through is askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com or again set up your appointment 718-238-6500 mike connors as always thanks so much thank you kevin for over a century local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community we move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online on air and on the go you have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. 
breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, you just got my earful in the uh, monologue. But I want to go back because Nick said in the commercial break something that I found interesting. Notice how far into this announcement it is before the president even says the first word. Uh, Take a listen to this. Freedom. I mean, even the music almost uh, fades out. And then then there's another like two seconds after he says the first word at that rate. I think he only had to record like 60 words for the whole three minutes uh, announcement, which was kind of probably a blessing to everybody that was listening. But let me get some professional analysis uh, on this. Uh, She's written uh, two books about uh, one uh, president, and she has done a very good job of documenting a lot of interesting uh, things about presidential history uh, in many other uh, uh, administrations since. She, in fact, served the last uh, president. She was the assistant secretary of the Treasury during the Trump presidency, and she is host of the very cleverly titled Monica Crowley podcast, Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Monica Crowley. Dr. Crowley, um, this announcement this morning, I thought it played so to Biden's what you thought they were going to do. Couldn't do it live. Uh, had it really, really super slickly produced. In those 15 seconds before the first word, all you see basically is uh, January 6th footage. And then there's a, there's a sign being held up that says abortion is health care. And, and then he comes on with the word freedom. But everything he says in the first 30 seconds of this uh, this announcement today are easily gaslit gaslit topics designed to maybe inflame his base. But I don't know that they convinced the middle at all. What did you make of his announcement today? Oh, it's so great to be with you again, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, this was a classic Biden kind of presentation. Because, you know, look, the Democrats are really interested in making the 2024 election a referendum on Donald Trump, assuming that Trump is the nominee. So that's why you saw the video open with like January 6th footage. And then they're trying to um, really rile up women with the abortion issue, etc. And I understand that politics ain't beanbags. So I, I get what they're trying to do here. But when you announce for president... Generally speaking, candidates come out of the box with a very positive message, a message of hope, a message of aspiration, a little biography about themselves and their track record. Biden can't do any of that because he's always been a hack and a jerk. And now he's a hack and a jerk with dementia who has royally screwed up the country. So he can't take the usual traditional route of announcing for re-election, inspiring people with hope that better days for the country are ahead. He can't do any of that. So the only thing he can do is kind of try to frighten people about Donald Trump, the MAGA movement, America first, and, and try to hope and pray that people are still so riled up about Donald Trump that they'll take that message and by default vote for him which is what happened last time. So whether you're Donald Trump trying to recapture lightning in a bottle that you had in in 2016, which I know Trump is trying to do again, and if anybody can do it, Trump can, or you're you're, uh, Joe Biden, next year is not going to be 2020. And I simply don't think that hiding in the basement and and just trying to scare people about Donald Trump is going to work this time. It will not. The idea that Joe Biden as a president, uh, as a leader, as a CEO, as someone who's in charge of things, uh, was really untested in 2020. And the difference in gaslighting people in the campaign this year and saying lying about things, because this this announcement is chock full of untruths. And he's actually accusing the other side of doing stuff that he did. He said, I'm here protecting freedom when he took freedoms away. I'm here protecting protecting women's health when women are getting bashed in the face with volleyballs by men playing on the other side of the net. And he doesn't he, he calls the, the girl that gets bashed in the face a bigot for crying about the fact that she got hurt. The difference here, Monica, is that I'm not the only one who can do that now. You have 70 percent of people, according to the NBC poll that came out yesterday, 70 percent of Americans say they don't want this guy to run for president, including a majority of Democrats, Kevin, who don't want him to run again. Because, look, I mean, they they can gaslight us all day long. They control all the levers of power, including the media. So they control all of the messaging and the culture. 
And even then, they are not fooling the American people about the status of Joe Biden. Number one, his ability to do this job in a, a forceful, effective way, which everybody just sees he can't even form a sentence. And by the way, you know, he's running now, so he's a couple of years older than he was when he was running the last time. Dementia is a progressive disease. It gets worse, not better. So people see that. And then, of course, they see the last couple of years of absolute catastrophe everywhere they look under Joe Biden, from the economy to inflation to gas prices to the wide open southern border and all of the problems that that brings in to our cities in collapse, to crime out of control. They see it for themselves and it's their own lived experience on the ground. So this is why you have so many Democrats saying, "Mm, I think we better go for someone else. There's another thing uh, going on here, too, that's even darker. And I wanted to call it to your attention and your audience's attention. Sure. So the left, the communists, and this is a Marxist revolution that's been going on in this country since the 1930s to destroy us from within. Um, They have come so close to grabbing the brass ring, if they haven't already, that they look at the four years under Trump as lost years to really doing the coup de grace on the country, really destroying the country once and for all so that they can rebuild it in a Marxist model. So while we look at the Trump years as a huge success, booming economy, world peace, they look at it as a huge step back. So this is why Biden and the Obama team have been working with all deliberate speed during the Biden years to try to make up for that lost time under Trump. So they do not, because they see this now within their grasp, they do not want to risk losing again. Trump caught them flat-footed in 2016, and they vowed never again. So this is why we saw what we saw in 2020 with the rigging of the election, the burning down of the country, all of that stuff. So if Trump is the nominee, as I believe he will, they will do everything to stop him. But not just Trump. Any Republican we nominate, DeSantis, Pompeo, it doesn't matter, right? They're not going to go easier on anybody else. This is why I think that they may not in the end move forward with Joe Biden. Yes, he announced. And yes, they like their Democrats, you know, weak and sick and vulnerable like Feinstein and Fetterman and Biden because they're more easily controlled. But I think in the end, they're going to have to make a calculation that they're going to want the strongest candidate going into 2024. And if that's not Joe Biden, they will get rid of him. They're also going to have to get rid of Kamala because she is historically unpopular, right? Right. So they're going to have to do a twofer. And the question is, who do they replace them with? And my feeling, the, the candidate that frightens me the most is Michelle Obama. Because she is iconic, she's immune to criticism, and she's really the only one that could beat any Republican, including Trump. If they decide to go with her, then I think we have a whole new set of challenges. Well, I I don't disagree with that at all. Um, It will be interesting, and there's going to be a lot to watch and to comment on. And I'm going to count on you coming on back and talking to us regularly. She's host of the Monica Crowley podcast. Get it wherever you get your favorite podcast. She's everywhere. And, uh, Monica, always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Uh, We've got a little visit to California to pay, and then a little bit later on some national security issues with KT McFarland. Don't go away. One, two, three, four, five. Numbers most important for prostate cancer treatment. One, excellent results. Two, avoiding robotic surgery. Three, maintaining sexual function. Four, keeping urinary control. Five, avoiding robotic surgery's penis shortening. One, two, three, four, five. Our goals of prostate cancer treatment for you. I'm Dr. Lederman. Men with prostate cancer wish great results, avoiding robotic surgery, maintaining sexual and urinary life, and penis integrity. Meet Dr. Lederman to learn more. For free booklet DVD, Call two and two choices. All outpatient, 1384 Broadway at 38th. Most insurance, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. Call Dr. Lederman, two and two choices. Decades of experience treating thousands with prostate cancer. One, two, three, four, five. Results avoiding robotic surgery, quality of life, penis integrity. One, two, three, four, five. You'll be number one with Dr. Lederman. Call two and two choices, two and two choices. 
the all-new series, Bible Alive, with Dr. David Schroeder, is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Masterworks, the overseas ministry motivating disciples to make disciples. Tune in Sunday mornings at 9.30 to hear testimonies and stories from lives changed around the world through Masterworks. Listen to Bible Alive Sunday mornings at 9.30 and hear Dr. Schroeder transform and impact your community. Visit masterworksinc.org. You're listening to Salem Radio here in New York, whether it's AM 970 The Answer or AM 570 The Mission. And every year, these radio stations come together around the idea of helping those who need our help in traumatic and uh, tragic ways. Anitra from uh, our friends at Food for the Poor rejoins us. Anitra, what kind of needs are we talking about? For basics, these are families who do not have access to food. It's not that they don't have enough food or the best quality food. There is no food and they have no way to get it. These are families that are working three jobs and yet the pennies they make are not sufficient to make sure their children eat every day. But into that harsh reality, reality, you step with your gift. Your one-time gift of $144 changes everything. It provides a family of four with food for a year. That's two meals a day. Not just today and tomorrow and next week and next month, but every single month for a year. Suddenly, that boulder a mother was holding on her heart and her spirit and her prayers, the fear that she was watching her children waste away in front of her is replaced by the security of knowing there will be food today and tomorrow. It was given by a stranger in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, I know that my prayers are not just going to the roof and bouncing off. There is a God who sees us and loves us. 855-907-4673 to give that gift. $144 feeding a family of four, two meals a day for each person in that family for the coming year. 855-907-4673, 855-907-4673, or click the banner at WMCA.com. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, my next guest is a world-renowned marketer. He's a well-beloved pastor, and he is a two-time, with uh, two title defense, of uh, heavyweight champion as one of the world's most famous boxers. If you put together the list of people that he defeated, it's an all-stars list of uh, people that uh, you've known from boxing legend, everyone from Ken Norton to Muhammad Ali to Evander Holyfield. And now he's a movie star with his story being uh, portrayed all over American movie screens this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome George Foreman. Pastor Pastor and champ, thanks for being with us. We so appreciate your time. I'm happy to be with you. I can tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you've lived quite a life. And as I was reminding myself of it as a young kid growing up, I, I loved I loved everything about you. I loved your energy. I loved your positivity. I loved your your humor. Uh, I loved it when you when you when you got into TV. I loved it when you took down uh, some of the big guys. Um, you've lived such a remarkable life and you've done so many different things. What is the one thing that you you want to be most remembered for after you stop doing all the amazing things that you're doing well as an athlete that day uh the night i won an olympic gold medal i was a 19 year old boy i didn't know anything about hope uh the words like success 
and uh, setting goals didn't exist. But I picked up that night hope. I'd been brought up uh, without anything, but people who cared for me. That got me a long ways. And that, but that moment in uh, Mexico City when I won a gold medal stands out. In the seventies, when you became the champion and then you defended your title twice, um, you 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 kind of ended up walking away. You had a very life changing uh, decision and moment. What happened? Well, I lost the championship of the world, and I was just so upset, angry, and needed revenge. Made myself all the way back to the number one contingentship, but hey, I met it with something greater. I had a, a fight in my dressing room, a fight to stay alive, and I actually died. In a split second, I was alive again uh, in a dark, deep place. And I said, I don't care if this is death, I still believe that as a God. Given a second chance to live made all the difference in the world. I came back understanding that the greatest invention were human beings. And since that time, I wanted to be friends with everybody. <laughs> that changed everything. Talk to me about you and God. That was the only thing. I'd gone through life, setting goals, getting knockouts, working hard, running miles. And I thought I'd done everything. I really thought it was me until that night in Puerto Rico where I realized there is a God. And, uh, and I found out later on the dressing room table and I saw blood on my forehead and on my hands, and I started screaming, Jesus Christ is coming alive in me. I didn't believe in all that until mm -hmm. then. And I stopped boxing for 10 years and developed something good in me, faith in God. That's what God is all about. When you run out of gas in the ring, <laughs> you by loss. But I came back the second time. I realized if I'd run out of anything, I still had a prayer. You returned to the ring with kind of a um, a renewed purpose in life, and you and you got back, and you became the oldest man to win the heavyweight title, and you did it uh, at a stage when many people had gotten out of the sport altogether. And really, some of those fights, uh, George, I think would be considered some of your 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 greatest accomplishments. Talk about the the Holyfield matchup and how you prepared for that. Now, I'm in the ring getting ready to fight for the championship of the world, Evander Holyfield. And then in the ring being introduced at the same time with Joe Frazier, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. And they walked out, and I kept looking around. I said, maybe I shouldn't be here myself. <laughs> All the guys who had made the impact in my life as a boxer. I'd gone 12 rounds with Evander Holyfield. I didn't get the decision. But I'd proven to myself that, and to a lot of people that the age 40 was not a death sentence. Yeah. And that if we pray well enough, we can accomplish anything. That's what the, I didn't win the decision, but I won for myself a chance to show everybody that you can continue doing whatever you want to do. I still have that uh, issue of Sports Illustrated with the two of you on the cover. And uh, remember that like it was yesterday. Who was the toughest fighter you ever fought? Oh, there are many tough ones. I'd lost to Muhammad Ali. He was, as far as I'm concerned, tough to take the punishment I put out. Are you still preaching? My job now, that's what I do. I am moonlight as a grill salesman and all of that, but I'm a really, <laughs> my profession is that of an evangelist at the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I preach all the time. George Foreman, the champ, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Kevin McCullough from New York. Yeah, that New York when we come back. Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain the latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options. Have questions? 
Call Dr. Simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit www.allthingshealth.ai. Or listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and AM 570 and 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA on Saturdays. To learn more, visit allthingshealth.ai. Most people fall prey to Satan's tricks, schemes, and deceptions, which hinders their walk with God. Pastor Ray Hagestilianos, Bible study host on More Than Conquerors weekday afternoons at 2, has written a book called Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise to understand the dangers and live in victory, to overcome every attack of the enemy and live a more blessed life. And you can get your own copy of his book now at PastorRayNY.com. Everyone needs encouragement by understanding God's promises. Discouragement, doubt, and compromise helps you recognize the danger signs and stand strong with practical solutions and how to take God's promises to heart and live life as more than a conqueror. Get your copy today at PastorRayNY.com. Discouragement, doubt, and compromise from Pastor Ray Hagestilianos at PastorRayNY.com. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeartAlexa or Odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. Sound too good to be true? It's not. You can say, I do, all with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlanta shot of New York Cruises. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding cruise event planning services every step of the way. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. Your guests will dine in style on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit NewYorkCruises.com. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. With us, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. In May, New York State launched a $175 million workforce development initiative. Tell us about this program. What we're going to be discussing with people all over the state is the ability for anyone involved in the whole idea of training workers for the jobs of today and for tomorrow. We now have money on the table to support that. A lot of people talk about workforce development and what it may mean, but we now have $175 million that the governor sought, the legislators all voted for. So what it's going to do is take us to the next level and allow New Yorkers to have the benefit of the most highly rated, state-of-the-art, skills training programs. And at the end of the day, it helps them get a better job. It helps our employers. It helps the economy. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you on this very busy Thursday and very glad to have my next guest who I have to say, I just I think except for the the last time she had a book out, that was probably the last time she was with us. And I'm ashamed of that uh, because she is such a wonderful person to uh, know when we uh, constantly connect at uh, local events uh, here in the New York area, particularly that have a faith component to them. Uh, She has been the Fox News Channel chief religion correspondent for just about as long as I can remember. Uh, But she's also a a former beauty queen and a talented, talented piano player. Uh, Lauren Green, it is great to have you back on the show today. Thank you for being here. And please forgive me for having it been such a long time since you were last with us. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I'm so sorry that we have not, um, you know, connected 
for a while. And when I got the invitation to come on your show, it's like, oh, my goodness, we haven't talked in ages. And, and, and that's partly my fault. I mean, I have a podcast. We can, yeah, I would love to invite you on my podcast. We can talk about a lot of different stuff, you know? Sure. No, that would be wonderful. And uh, you've done a great job at Fox uh, for all these years. I'm glad that I have you here to talk today because with the uh, passing of uh, Charles Stanley just a couple of days oh, ago, goodness, and you do, yeah. you do cover all aspects of faith for Fox News, but if it's my understanding, and I believe based on past conversations, you are an evangelical yourself, um, certainly the passing of Dr. Stanley is one of those. It, well, for, for the non-Catholic areas of Christianity, there's only yeah. a handful of these people that come along that are in some ways kind of the equivalent of a very well-known pope, right? So Dr. Right, Billy Graham would be right. seen as that. And and Dr. Stanley, certainly one of the most far-reaching like Christian voices in Christendom. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Well, you know um, his his background. You know how long he's been around. He, you know, is a church, he you know, pastored First Baptist Church of Atlanta for over 50 years. I mean, his ministry itself has spent like 65 years. But, yeah. you know, I guess, you know, if you, if you don't know much about him, I would I would guess he's more of a cross between like Billy Graham and Mr. Rogers kind of thing. I mean, he's very, it was, he was, he was he, not quite as dynamic as a Billy Graham, but unlike Billy Graham, he actually had a church. I mean, Billy Graham had a ministry that, you know, it was a itinerant ministry. He went around the country, around the world. Charles Stanley actually pastored a church. I mean, he had yeah. parishioners and, and well, he, a diverse um, a, a membership in his church. And he also founded In Touch Ministries and the weekly, um, you know, church service you could see on TV. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota, and I remember watching Charles Stanley yeah, on yeah. TV every Sunday. I mean, his 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 message was just really down to earth, relating the Bible to your life. Yeah. Yesterday we spoke with uh, Robert Jeffress, who you know from the Fox uh, connection. He's a mm-hmm, contributor as mm-hmm. well. But but um, he said w- w- one, of the, one of the most special moments he shared with Doctor Stanley was when he was launching his radio ministry, uh, Dr. Stanley invited them to come out to In Touch. They kind of showed them around, kind of gave them the lay of the land and said, you know, this is this is where we are now, but this isn't how it started and kind of just brought them up to speed, which was really kind of unusual because even in the Christian radio broadcast arena, you don't have a lot of people sharing secrets about stuff they've done. Just a little bit of competition there, a little bit. You know, I mean, a little bit, but he said the most he said the most important aspect of that visit, this is what uh, Dr. Jeffress told us yesterday, he said the mm-hmm, most important mm-hmm. aspect of that visit was when uh, Dr. Stanley took him into his office, and then he took him into the inner sanctum of his office, and then he opened this door that was in the inner sanctum, and that was his prayer room. And it was just a mm. little tiny place where he would every morning spend that time praying. Before he got busy about the rest of the day, that was the first thing wow. on the agenda. And so what you just said is really, really true. And it was, I think, reflected in a lot of what people have said over the last 48 hours, that it's one thing to be a great expositor. Certainly he was that. Certainly he understood and studied the Bible carefully. Right. He was also a great communicator, kind of had a, a Walmart vocabulary, if you will, so that nobody <laughs> within within his reach would ever be confused about what he was saying. But what yeah. motivated and fueled all of it was his prayer life and making sure that Absolutely. he was you know, spending that time with God each day. I mean, he walked the talk. One of the things, you know, we talk about in the area of, of theology or doctrine is that you can know a lot about God through reading the Bible, through yeah. Research, but in order to know God, you have to get on your knees and you have to pray. You have to invite Him into your life. Um, you have to give Him the authority in your life. You cannot just say, I know that there are four Gospels, I know the Ten Commandments, I know this, I know, you know, what happened when, but unless you know God, unless you get on your knees, just like J.I. Packer talks about, knowing God Mm -hmm. is the most important thing in this world to knowing and understanding yourself. And Charles Stanley really, really got that across in his own life, and he got that across in his sermons. WMCA serves a very diverse audience, and I think that was another great kind of piece of his of his uh, secret sauce is that he just, it didn't matter who you were or where you were from. He wanted to tell you about Jesus. He wanted to tell you about the importance of the Bible and he wanted to make your life better. 
And I think that 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 was such an enthusiastic kind of approach that he had that it it didn't matter where you came from. You were going to get the message and you were going to understand what it was about. See, and this is the thing that people should also know about Charles Stanley, even though he looked like, you know, a typical white male. His church um, members really represented like over 100 nations, right? Yeah. Um, and so, well, in Atlanta, like New York, is a very diverse well, exactly. uh, region, and he wanted to have exactly. the region reached for Jesus. Yes, and so a wide range of socioeconomic um, levels in his church. He understood people, and if you want to spread the gospel, you have to reach people. Um, yeah. and, and he understood that there were immigrant families, there were wealthy families, there were middle class families, um, because Christ did not, you know, say, you know, only my word is only for certain. People No, it's for everybody. And Charles Stanley knew that and knows that. And he was just such a, a wonderful human being. And he did. He was the founding member of the moral majority. And so when people hear that, all they think are, you know, right wing Christian nationalists. And so that's just not it was not a political thing. He believed the Bible. It was the inerrant word of God. And that, he, that God had something to tell us about our lives and how to be closer to God and how to live out God's Word through our lives. So that moral majority was really about spreading the gospel, too. Yeah. Well, Lauren Green, we're out of time, but thank you for your uh, thoughts on uh, Dr. Stanley. We'll have to have you back and talk about some of your adventures. You've just filed a, a, another yet another report on the Museum of the Bible. People can see that oh, over at foxnews.com. Museum of the Bible. I want to talk about the Museum of the Bible again, so we'll, I'll be back. We'll talk about All right, we'll do that soon. And I'll, and I'll come talk to you on your podcast. It's so good Absolutely. catching up with you, friend. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. My final thought for this day comes next. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that helps keep you comfortable throughout the night. It dissipates heat and humidity and it creates a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. Call 1-800-651-0798. MyPillow knows that core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep and the new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more or restful night's sleep. Call 1-800-651-0798. Of course, it's machine washable, dryable, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code WMCA or call 1-800-651-0798. That's 1-800-651-0798. And don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0. Call 1-800-651-0798. That's 1-800-651-0798. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates. Real solutions for real people. Want more of AM570 The Mission and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for encouraging tweets, what's coming up on the radio, news from our ministries, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM570 The Mission. Come tweet with us. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio so glad to have you with us uh friends i'm gonna let dr charles stanley have my final thought for the day he recently had uh, done a sermon that described barriers between you and god and here's the first one it is pride we don't pray because i can handle it we don't ask him i'll work it out it's pride. The reason people don't get on their knees, except their physical things sometimes, is pride. 
How, how can you be too prideful to get on your knees to holy, righteous, sovereign God? Every breath you have is a gift from Him. Somebody says, I don't need to get on my knees. No, you don't. You don't need to honor God. You don't need to reverence God, but you get what comes with that. It is pride who keep, that keeps us off our knees. Pride that keeps us in sin. In other words, we'd rather have a relationship with somebody than God. We'd rather have this, that, him, her, and the other than God. It's pride. The second thing is rebellion. Sin. As long as there's sin in their life, there's no intimacy with God. When people say, well, I pray, but, but nothing happens. I pray, but God isn't answering me. I pray, and hmm, hmm, hmm. Then you need to look at yourself and ask yourself the question, God isn't the problem. You're the problem. There is no intimacy where there is rebellion. Now, think about this. You have to think about your own relationships. Can you have an intimate relationship with a husband or wife who's just rebellious against you? No, you cannot. You can't have an intimate relationship with your children if they're in rebellion in their life. And then the last one is real simple. If it's pride, if it's rebellion, and then if you're in a hurry. If you're in a hurry, you won't develop an intimate relationship with God. It takes time. Time to read His Word and meditate upon it. Think about it. Ask questions. God, what are you saying to me? Lord, how does this apply to my life? Is this a warning? Is this something that I, I need to look at in my life? Oh, Lord, thank you for this wonderful promise. Time to read. Time to talk to him. Time to listen to him. Cannot tell you how very important that is. And you see, here's what will happen. The more you listen, the more you're going to hear. And the more you hear, the more excited you're going to be. And the more excited you're going to be, the more time you want to give to listen to him. Now, if you're in love with somebody, you like listening. And you see, the more you love him, the more you're going to want to listen. He's willing to tell you far more than you expect. Because you see, knowing that God gave his son for me, I know he'll give me all the information and everything else I need. And that's what Paul meant in Romans when he said, having given us his son Jesus Christ, will he withhold from us any good thing? And the answer is no. What a legacy, the man Charles Stanley.